0: Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, June 30th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Chinese stocks are making a comeback. Facebook's rules for its virtual reality app store are frustrating developers. And Revlon has struggled to keep up with the changing beauty industry. I'm Joanna Gao, in for Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Chinese equities are on track for their best month in nearly two years. The CSI 300 index has climbed more than 8% in June. Investors are betting the worst of strict COVID-19 lockdowns is over. Authorities have managed to get outbreaks in Shanghai and Beijing under control. And this week, they eased travel quarantine restrictions. Investors were also encouraged by suggestions that regulators would take a lighter approach in the tech sector. tech companies are gearing up to profit from the metaverse. That's the virtual world some are heralding as the future of the internet. Facebook's parent company, Meta, has a crucial money-making advantage right now. It sells an important tool you need to access the metaverse, a virtual reality headset. Meta has imposed fees for headset-related apps, and app developers are not happy. Some have vented their frustration to the FT's Patrick McGee. He joins me now. So, Patrick, what have these app developers told you?
1: I think the frustration is that, you know, if you're some sort of developer that's been building things for the iPhone or Android for the last 15 years, you've been paying this 30% fee, and you viewed Meta, Facebook, as a potential ally because they have adopted this anti-Apple stance involving full-page newspaper ads— Declaring that Apple has this stranglehold on the app store and what gets on your phone and it's a monopolist. And you would think given all that rhetoric in their opportunity to build a computing platform, they would have more pro developer paradigm in place. But when you look at their terms and conditions, it's really not so dissimilar from what iPhone and Android have had set up for the last 15 years. The key thing being that the standard fee for digital goods purchases within the virtual reality world that Meta has is is 30%.
0: What kind of apps are we talking about here? What's available in the Metaverse?
1: Yeah, so there are not that many productivity apps. I mean, it really is a game store. Um, you know, my personal experience, I do have a Quest 2 headset, is I have two boxing games. So, so yeah, I mean, you have to pay for these games. You know, I think one game was $35, maybe one was $10, but 30% of that would go to uh, Meta because I purchased it through that platform.
0: What has Facebook said? Have they responded to the developers' frustrations?
1: So Facebook says, unlike Apple, we do allow developers uh, and users to use alternative stores. One is SideQuest. So it's this like informal app store where developers can market their app uh, and it's not related to to meta formally. So that's a decent answer, except that it's seen fewer than 400,000 downloads, whereas the Oculus app has 19 million downloads. And so in terms of what are the vast preponderance of users actually doing to download their apps, it's pretty clear that the answer is the official Uh, app store that comes with the headset. In other words, I think it's a great answer to a question, but is it a sort of legitimate answer in terms of usage? It doesn't appear to be.
0: Well, is there another headset entirely that developers could go to instead?
1: Yes, but the meta headset called the Quest 2 has a more than 70% market share. So if you're a developer and you don't like the 30% fee, there really is no other place that you're going presently. Uh, You know, there could be when Apple steps into the game or what have you. But for all intents and purposes, the Oculus is the only headset wherein you would just be losing yourself, an entire audience, by deciding not to be there.
0: Patrick McGee is the FT's San Francisco correspondent. Let's go back to the 1980s, when big-name beauty brands such as Revlon were in their heyday. They had supermodels like Cindy Crawford on their TV ads sporting big hair and bright lipstick.
1: Revlon faces aren't afraid to get close. Not this close.
0: But oh, how the mighty have fallen. Well, this Justin, iconic beauty company Revlon
1: has filed for bankruptcy protection. The
0: to understand how the 90-year-old company got to this point, I'm joined by the FT's Paris correspondent, Leila Aboud. Hi, Leila. Hello. So what happened to Revlon? I mean, the company has been a foundational pillar of the beauty industry, and it just filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy.
2: I think it's probably a combination of reasons, but, you know, the effect of time. Brands, in beauty, they they come and go, really, and it requires a lot of investment and creativity and savvy to sort of keep them on top. And I think over time, Revlon just sort of lost the golden touch on how to do that. There's also sort of more boring financial reason. It's just that, you know, it was subject to one of the biggest leverage buyouts, um, I think, of its era. You know that kind of left it with a balance sheet uh, that had a lot of debt on it, and when you have companies that have a lot of debt on it, don't can't always afford to sort of invest uh, what's necessary to stay on top of trends and beauty also is really requires a lot of advertising
0: yeah, let's talk about that. The internet has changed so much about the beauty industry and advertising. How has that impacted revlon?
2: basically, what happens in the beauty industry because of the internet is sort of twofold there's the the rise of these independent brands that kind of come out of nowhere. So the best example of this is uh, Rihanna's Fenty or Kylie Jenner's makeup line. And I'd say that that period of kind of boom was maybe sort of started in like 2015 or so for makeup in America and, you know, just sort of transformed the industry. It's kind of coincides with the whole period of Instagram being quite big and the rise of influencers and it shakes up the beauty sector in a way that's quite new.
0: Can big companies keep up with these small fast moving brands?
2: I think there's a perception that, you know, the indie brands are kind of eating the big guys lunch and the Revlon bankruptcy kind of feeds into that narrative, but in reality, the big companies, the ones that are really good at what they do in at you know, L'Oreal, Estee Lauder, they're managing to sort of thrive in this world because they can sort of use their Global reach, their scientific know-how to do innovation, and also they've kind of ripped off a lot of what's creative of of the indie brands. They can just kind of be fast followers. It's just that Revlon has kind of failed on all those fronts.
0: Layla boot is the FT's Paris correspondent. Thanks, Layla. Thank you. Before we go, remember the then ninety nine year old British war veteran who went viral for a walking laps around his garden in twenty twenty. The late Captain Sir Thomas Moore's fundraiser brought in 38 million pounds for the NHS during the early days of the coronavirus pandemic. He died about a year later from COVID-19. Well, a charity linked to Moore is now under investigation. The Charity Commission watchdog is announcing the inquiry today. It's concerned about links between the foundation and a company controlled by Moore's daughter. The chair of the foundation's board said it would work closely with the commission to address its concerns. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news.
2: Hi, this
1: is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. with Good credit. From a local business to a global corporation.